Hey, I want to welcome you to part five of Unshakable. If you have your Bibles, turn to Daniel chapter three. And if you're just joining in, you have not listened, you have not had a chance to listen to the other messages. We're looking at basically nine different tests that Daniel, the Old Testament prophet, is going through. And what we have learned is that every time that Daniel passes a test, God promotes him. God gives him more influence. God blesses him in some sort of way. If we have a moment, I want you to encourage. I want to encourage you to share on social media uh, this message. If you just take a, just a couple of seconds and uh, share on Facebook or Instagram or whatever platform you use, you know, just a couple of clicks could be the catalyst that someone needs, could be the little prompting that someone needs to engage in their relationship with the Lord. And so if you find this, this message to be a blessing to you or if it adds value to you in any way, shape, or form, um, I want to I encourage you to, to pass it along to someone else. You never know what God uh, will do through you. So this story uh, that we're looking at today in the, like the life of Daniel happens 15 years later than the one we looked at last week. Okay, so Daniel and his friends, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they're no longer teenagers. So they're now probably in their mid-30s. That's, that would be, that's what a lot of theologians say. By this time, Daniel uh, was one of the top advisors of the king. But what you're going to find out is that in our story today, we don't see Daniel. Like, he's not mentioned. Maybe he has been sent away. Um, maybe he's out of the country representing the king uh, and so the story that we're looking at today is primarily about Daniel's three friends that we have talked about uh, in the last, the last few weeks. So if you have your Bibles, turn to Daniel chapter 3. I'm going to begin reading in verse 1. I'm reading from the New Living Translation. This is what the Bible says. It says, King Nebuchadnezzar made a gold statue 90 feet tall and 9 feet wide and set it up on the plain of Durad, the province of Babylon. Now, this is what you call an ego trip. You build, and think about it, 90-foot statue for yourself, and you set it up on the plane. I mean, you're looking at a man who is a narcissistic, self-centered, egotistical kind of individual. He, I mean, this is, this is probably um, the... the I, I cannot think of someone who, um, who thinks of himself any more... Um, to a greater degree than this king. Okay, now look at what the Bible says. Then he sent messages to the high officers, officials, governors, advisors, treasurers, judges, magistrates. I mean, like the whole, the whole shebang, everybody, all the provisional officials to come to the dedication of the statue that he had set up. So you have a king who's in charge of the Neo-Babylonian Empire, most powerful empire of its day. He's a military leader. He has captured Jerusalem. He's destroyed the temple, took about 25% of the people into captivity. Okay, And he's ordering this decree that everybody needs to bow down before this image, before this, this statue, and worship it. Okay, Basically, what he's saying is, I want you to drop whatever you're doing. It's not enough for me to be king. I want to be God. That's what he's doing. Okay? It's the oldest tem- temptation in the book. That's what, that's what uh, led to the fall of, of, of Satan. He was, a, he was a worship leader. He was a, a, a beautiful angel of light, the Bible says, but it wasn't enough for him. He wanted to be 
God, not like God. He wanted to be God himself. And so he says, I want everybody, the king says, I want everybody to worship me. Look at what it says. Verse six, anyone who refuses to obey will immediately be thrown into a blazing furnace, which basically he had made and he put really close to where the statue was. So at the sound of the musical instruments, all the people, whatever the race or nation or language, will bow down to the ground and worship the gold statue that King Nebuchadnezzar had set up. This morning, what I want to do is I want to talk to you about what we should do when the heat is on. Like, what do we do when we go through life and something, man, like you feel like, man, this is, this is definitely a big deal. What happens when I trust God in the furnace? What should I do when the heat is on? Now, before I give you the main points, I want to share this with you because I think this is so relevant. This, this event actually happened 2,500 years ago, but it is so relevant to our world today for a couple of reasons. Number one, the world creates larger than life images for me to worship. Now, we don't make them out of gold anymore. We don't put like 90-foot statues and worship them in a sense. But when you look at sometimes what the world does with movie stars or athletes or maybe YouTube personalities or social media personalities, personalities, sometimes we will idolize them. We, we treat them like gods. We, we, some people even worship them. And so we're constantly being tempted to create this sort of a, like a false image of ourselves to impress people. We pretend on, on social media. Uh, we come to church and we put on the mask, you know, and, and we, we pretend we, we basically are, we're not ourselves. That's why when you know, you don't see people on social media without makeup. You don't see people on social media when they're having a bad hair and day. Why is that? I guess, I don't know, maybe we just want people's approval. Maybe we just want to be honored and we, we want to be loved and we want to be well known. And so in our story, what you're going to find out is three guys who basically refuse to worship the statue. No matter what, they're going to do what's right. Now, there are times in our lives when we think, you know, if I do what's right, then like if I have integrity, if I show character, if I'm compassionate, if I have like Christ-like qualities in my life, like if I'm perfect, everybody's going to love me. And nothing could be further than, than that. Like the truth is, Jesus was perfect and they put him on the cross. And so you can be perfect and people can still crucify you. In fact, people sometimes will get angry at you for doing the right thing. So some of the astrologers, they go to the king and, um, and they basically, they say this. They say, there are some Jews, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, whom you have put in charge of the province of Babylon, and they pay no attention to you, your majesty. They refuse to serve your gods, and they do not worship the gold statue that you have set up. Then Nebuchadnezzar flew into a rage and ordered that Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego be brought before him. He said to them, 
Is it true, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, that you refuse to serve my gods or to worship the gold statue that I have set up? It says, I'll give you one more chance to bow down and to worship the statue that I have made. And when you hear the sound of the musical instruments, if you refuse, you will be thrown immediately into the blazing furnace. And then what God will be able to rescue you from my power? So we're asking this question, what do I do when the heat is on? Kathy, our um, one of our leaders, she leads our greeting team, uh, she said the other day, she said, you know, sometimes in life we wait on God for something that God is waiting on, on us for. Uh, and there, she quoted an unknown author. She said, we cannot do what God must do, and God will not do what we must do. And so today I want to share three things that, like, when you feel like you're in the heat, when you feel like like, I mean, life is coming at you and things are difficult. There are three things that you've got to do before God does what he must do. And so the first one is this. I want you to write this down if you're taking notes this morning. Number one, don't worry about defending yourself. Look in verse 16. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego replied, O Nebuchadnezzar, we do not need to defend ourselves before you. Now, have you ever, have you ever seen how, like, uh, sometimes when there's a wildfire, like in California, for example, they'll take these helicopters and they'll go to a nearby lake, and then I think I got a picture coming up so you can see this, and they grab a little bit of water, or to me what seems like it's just a little bit of water, and then they take it to, to the nearby fire, where the fire is. You know, I've often, saw, I've, I've, I've often seen those images and I've thought, man, this is probably the most ineffective way. There's got to be a better way to, to take care of that fire. I mean, I cannot believe they're going to go fly somewhere, pick up a little bit of water and just dump it. I want you to know this. And the reason why I tell you this is because when the heat is on, when it comes to fires, the fires you fight in your life, God has an unlimited firehouse. I mean, think about it. He created all the water in the universe. And he's a, he's a way better fi- uh, firefighter than you. Now, when you think of, of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, think of all the excuses that they could have had. Okay? They could have said it's useless to resist. This guy's got so much power, there's no way. I mean, he's just going to kill us. We're not. We just can't. We can't change the culture. We're, he's just going to smoke us. A lot of Christians today, they compromise their lives under the banner of it's useless to resist. We just, we just have to go along with, with, everybody, with what the culture says, with what everybody else is doing. They could have said, man, we're in a strange land. If we were back in Jerusalem, we would, we would definitely not bow down to the image, but we, we really shouldn't. We're in Babylon. You know, we've got to follow what they say. They could have said, we got some leadership positions. They actually, if, if you've been following the, the series, they actually were in leadership positions. And they could have said, you know, People are looking at us. We better obey um, the laws of the land. But they knew that it was better to obey God than men. They could have said, this is our big chance. 
you know, like imagine like if we do this for the king, like we'll get promoted again. Like he'll love us. I mean, think of all the perks that we're going to get. There's so many excuses. There's so many ways that they could have used to defend themselves. Everybody's doing it. Like in the morning when the music plays, there were thousands upon thousands of people bowing down to the image. What's it going to, I mean, what's the big deal if it's just a few more of us? God knows our hearts. It's only once a day, and it's not really for that long. I mean, it's just, it's just going to be like 10 minutes. I mean, it's not going to be like that long. I mean, we're just going to bow before the thing, and we don't, we don't even meet it in our hearts. You see what I'm talking about? There's so many things that they could have said. And I think in our lives, we do the same thing, right? We rationalize sometimes our wrong behavior with excuses. And they could have said, you know, we're better... We can do more good alive than dead. If we die, we're not going to be able to influence anyone. But no, they didn't use any of those excuses. They were not anxious about, about what they were going to say. They were calm and con- collected. They were confident. And so when the heat is on in your life, I want to encourage you not to be so consumed with defending yourself. The truth always comes out. Here's the second thing that I notice in this passage. You and I need to remember that God has a power to save us. No matter what you're going through, no, no matter how intense the heat is, God has the power to rescue you at any moment. Look in verse 17. It says, If we are thrown into the blazing furnace, the God whom we serve is able to save us. He will rescue us from your power, your majesty. Now, imagine the fear. This, this king was known for burning people alive. And I, I love how they handle this situation. By the way, in, I don't know if you know this, but in ancient, um, one of the, there, there was this ancient punishment that was practiced by the Babylonians. Not just this king, but it was just widely, like it was just known. And we actually see a reference in uh, Jeremiah 29, 22, where there's a few false prophets who basically, they're roasted in the fire by the king of Babylon. And I'm told that actually this practice of burning people alive is still something that they, you know, some parts of Africa, it's still practiced today. Uh, they'll, put, they'll put people at the stake, they'll put tires around them, pour fuel, and then they'll light them up. And so this is a serious offense, okay? And what they're, by the them not bowing down to the, the, the image, like their, you know, their lives are at stake. And it doesn't really, for them, it doesn't really matter because they know who their God is. They know what their God is able to do for them and the power that he has. And so in the same way for you and for me, I think what we should learn is that regardless of the mess that we're in, regardless of the crisis or the difficulty of, of the, how intense the heat is, you and I, we've got to remember that we serve a mighty God, a powerful Savior. I mean, our God, think about it. God is God, and He, like that means that He can do anything that He wants to do. Now, let, me, let me remind you of a few things. He took a lump of clay and made a man. Think about that. He took a man's rib and made a woman. He, he, he turned, remember the story of, of Moses? He turned a, a staff into a serpent and, and back into a staff again. 
He sent the wind and the Red Sea parted. I mean, these are not just fables. This is reality. This is the reality that, of, the, of a Savior and a God who's so powerful. He set up a table in the wilderness and fed his children manna and quail. He brought forth water from a rock. He caused the walls of Jericho to crumble down. So if you're going through the fire right now, you need to know, you need to know this book of the Bible. Download it. If you don't, if you don't have a Bible, if you don't own a Bible, I want to encourage you, go to um, your, wherever you download your apps and download the YouVersion app because nothing will get you further faster, spiritually speaking, than when you are tuning in to God's Word and you're, you're receiving God's Word. There are over 7,000 promises in the Bible. Think about that. Over 7,000 promises in the Bible. So regardless of what, what type of heat you're going through, there's a promise to help you through. There's a promise about deliverance. There's a promise about rescue. There's a promise about making it through. Some of you, you need to write this one down. You need to write it down and put it on the refrigerator or your bathroom mirror. It's from Isaiah. I love this. It's one of my favorite verses in the Bible. Isaiah 43 Verse 2. Listen to this. God says, When you pass through the waters, I'll be with you. And when you pass through the rivers, you will not be swept over. They'll not, the rivers will not sweep over you. When you walk through the fire, you will not be burned. And the flames will not set you ablaze. Isaiah 43, verse 2. So when the heat is on, number one, don't worry about defending yourself. Number two, remember that God has incredible power to save you. And number three, announce your loyalty no matter what. I love, I love this about these guys. When you're, going, when you're in the middle of the trial, the best thing you can do is to announce your loyalty no matter what comes your way. Look at it. It says, verse 18, it says, this is what these guys say to the king. We're not going to bow down. Our God can rescue us. He can save us. He's got the power. No big deal for him. But even if he doesn't, we want to make it clear to you, your majesty, that we will never serve your gods or worship the gold statue you have set up. For Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, their God was more important than their king. They knew that it was better to die a thousand times with God's approval than to live one day without it. For them, it, it, better a fiery furnace than to live with the fire of a guilty conscience burning in your soul. They could die, but they were, man, they dare not sin. And I love, this is so inspirational to me. Their convictions were not for sale. Not at any price, not even their own lives. And I just think about this word courage. You know, a lot of people think that courage is the, the absence of fear. That has nothing to do. I mean, I, I can guarantee you, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they were dealing with the same fears that you and I would have dealt with. But courage is not the absence of fear. We all have fears. Courage is the judgment. Courage is the decision that you make in your mind 
that something is more important than your own fear. And so when you look at a situation and you don't know what to do and you're afraid, if you are like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and you have courage, what you're doing is you're deciding your God is more important than those people. Your God is more important than your surrounded. So if you do what Daniel's friend did, God will do three things in your life when you're in the furnace. Now, I'm going to share those with you next week. But today, I want to ask you to think about the three things that I shared with you. When you're in the middle of the trial, are you going to try to defend yourself? God is telling you today, I can, I can handle this. Let me take care of it. Trust me. Are you going to remember how powerful your God is? He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. The same God of the Old Testament and the New Testament is the same God that you serve today. He's, he's the, the God of the resurrection. He's the God that basically took His Son, sent Him to die for you and for me, and then brought Him back from the dead. It's the same God. Is the same God, He's more real than the very air that you and I are breathing right now. And so will you announce your loyalty? Will you announce your loyalty no matter what? I trust that you do that. You know, this, this story, man, I cannot think of a story in the Bible that, is, that can relate to us more than this. To me, it just, it just blows me away that God can come through for us in such a real and personal way. And sometimes we think that the Bible is just obsolete. And so what will you do when you face the challenges, when you face the challenge, I should say, when you face the heat? Will you pretend Will you wear a mask or will you trust your God? Let me pray for you. Father God, thank you so much for your love for us. Thank you for the great example of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. God, I pray that we would take the steps, Lord, when we are in the furnace of suffering, when we are facing the heat, when we feel it, God, may we do what we must do so that you do what only you can do. And so God, we give you the praise and the glory today. Help us to live out your word, not just to know what we're supposed to do, but to act on it and to practice what you've taught us. God, I pray that you would put it in our hearts exactly what it is that you want us to do. God, if there is um, courage uh, that we need to have in a particular situation, if we need to speak the truth and love to someone that um, that really needs to hear, hear from us. God, I pray that we would do that. Help us to trust you. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. You make sure you tune in next week, and I'm going to share with you the three things that God will do for you and for me. Once we trust Him, once we take the steps that we talked about today, God comes in and He does what only He can do. So make sure you tune in next week. Love you guys. I hope you have a great day. Take care.